Welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where leading mental health professionals help guide you on your journey to a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and on today's episode, I'll be welcoming back the amazing Angel Kramer, and she'll be telling us all about what ritualistic raging is, or what's sometimes known as screen therapy. So welcome back again, Angel. Hey, I'm glad to be back on. You know, I'm really excited for this episode because we know that deep-seated emotions and feelings can really get bottled up within ourselves. So I look forward for you to share with us some tips and how we can release these difficult emotions to growling, screaming, yelling, you name it. I'm sure you're going to cover them all for us. So, so thank you again. So let's jump in. Let's my, do this. So what is ritualistic raging and how does it differ from other types of therapy? Yeah. So ritualistic raging stems from a technique in the seventies called primal therapy. Uh, some people also refer to it as screen therapy. Now, I want to iterate that this is not a therapy that had evidence backing. Okay, that's a key point to make. Thank you that for making that point. That is a key point to make. There, there's plenty of anecdotal evidence for it. There is minimal, if any, scientific university-led studies to support primal therapy, as it were, meaning as a modality. Uh, this was created by a psychologist. I've never said his name I've never heard his name said out loud. I've never said it out loud, but I think it is Arthur Yanoff. This gentleman defended this therapy his entire career. And it was one of the early front runners of pop culture psychology. Well, interesting. Yeah. It had a whole lot of celebrity backers, which kept it relevant. It kept people hearing about it. Uh, so even without the evidence backing, it gained traction. You know, think John Lennon, Yoko Ono, uh, James Earl Jones. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Big names and like there. the first two names aren't necessarily names that you would think of with something like primal therapy. Right. Right. Which I think is what helped it gain traction. People were like, what? John? What? Hold right. on. <laughs> so they're interested in me, read about it. But as time went on, it, it lost that traction. It fell out of pop culture. And more than likely, mental health started to be taken more seriously. Mm -hmm. So people were using more evidence-based approaches. Uh, we had all of that scandal surrounding mental health and mental health providers in the 80s, which really switched our field mm -hmm. for the better. As far as primal therapy goes, it has still come up in pop culture from time to time, most recently in the pandemic. A lot of people during the shutdown, if you Google ritualistic raging, screen therapy, you're going to get so many hits on Google regarding this. Wow. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And I think it, it gives us a release. It's a catharsis. You know, we might scrap it as a modality, but as a tool or a technique, it can help get out what is bubbling beneath the surface. And to clarify what we're talking about, by ritualistic raging, we don't mean throwing temper tantrums. We don't mean hurting others, hurting ourselves, 
uh, we don't mean demolishing a room. Yeah, yeah. good Unless clarification. you're in a rage room. Uh, you fair. can pay money to go into a rage room. <laughs> true, true. But it is letting it out, the guttural, back of the throat kind of growl. I don't even mean like Janet Lee from Psycho. That kind of scream is going to hurt you. Please okay. don't do that unless you have training. And you're referring to like that high-pitched kind of scream. Correct? Yeah, like in the movies, you hear that scream in the glass. Yes, <laughs> yeah. This would be more along the lines of a boxer about to go into the ring and just punch his gloves together. Just, yeah. Got you. And that can be very empowering. It can be very motivating. And there are some university-backed studies that show that that kind of release, very similar to cussing, can actually increase our strength, even on a minuscule level. Hmm. So something about that gets us amped, gets us ready to go. And it could be something as simple as listening to your favorite metal song on the way home and just rolling along to it, and then getting out of the car and going, shake that off yeah nice and have nice. the rest of your evening that's cool that's really really cool which makes me also think when we're talking about meadow metal uh it makes me think of uh, screamo i think i think that's probably the, the very old term for like that kind of meadow <laughs> apparently i want to walk into a meadow apparently that type of music or metal of that kind of like screaming that uh which i would think would really rip up the voice the chord, vocal cords with that type we, of have, we have to be careful with that kind of growling as well yeah but it is it can be less damaging than a, than a high-pitched scream how do you determine if a client is a good match for this type of this tool yeah and I, I think that is a good distinction. This is a tool. Like mm -hmm. This should be used in conjunction with evidence-based therapy mm -hmm. for people who it is appropriate for. Um, and it, kind of stepping back from your question, but I'll get around to it in my sure, storytelling. Sure. Uh, we also have to make sure that we have aftercare in place. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. listening to that metal song, getting that growling out, screaming, throwing axes, whatever it may be. We also have to have a way to come back down. And it might be that somatic shaking to get that energy out. It might be taking some nice deep breaths to regulate our system back down because mm -hmm. we just had a pretty big release. Mm -hmm. And for finding a match for this, we know our clients best in session. And sometimes we have to trust our clinical instinct. Yeah. You know, if we have someone who has reported a history of screaming to self-harm because they liked that, not like, that's not the correct word, that, that feeling in their throat yeah. did something for them. Yes, yes. This might not be appropriate. Mm -hmm. Or if they have a history of trauma surrounding screaming or raging, it could potentially be a way of finding some ownership, but it could also be re-traumatizing. And we have to suss out which one that is going to happen, which one of those is going to happen. A good fit might be someone who blatantly says in session, I want to scream. Uh, yeah. My body is telling me to scream. Okay, let's be curious. What happens if you scream? What, mm -hmm. what is that doing? What release is that giving to you? 
Mm-hmm. Where are you feeling that in your body? What is what is that? Yeah. Is that a Janet Lee scream? Is that a metal guttural? Right. I want to go break that plate over there. And then figuring out how do we do that safely without harming someone else? Without right. Right. And then what happens next? Let's have a plan for what happens next. That's where the real therapy comes into play. And I think that's another key point is that after the aftercare, that what's the next step? Can you tell us more about what that looks like? Yeah. So, you know, we have that bubbling. We have that urge. And I, I'm a big believer in let's let's trust what our body is telling us. And then let's figure out how to do that safely. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, that might mean... How do we put in place some coping skills, some techniques to where we don't get to that bubbling point as often, if ever, how do we keep it to a low bubble and not flowing over the pump, as it were? And that's where the coping skills comes in. That's where the growth comes in. When we are bubbling over, those coping skills might not be as effective. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. because we're already way up here and those coping skills might only bring us down. Right. And we right. need to be down here. Yeah. Yeah. So getting it out, having that catharsis and then coming in with the tools to be preventative rather than curative. That I like that. Be- preventative. I like that you focused on that. You know, being able to gauge this with our client. Does this feel appropriate? Does it not feel appropriate? Mm-hmm. What are the risks? What are the benefits? Let's suss this out. Let's have an assessment. And it can be very empowering. It can be a huge release. And it might not, you know, we're calling it ritualistic raging and referring to it as screaming, but it might go beyond that. You know, that ritualistic part entails planning. It entails safety. It is routine. And that could be going to a rage room. It is contained. There are people in there to help. If for whatever reason you do happen to hurt yourself, there's someone there. Mm-hmm. It could be going to an axe throwing place and throwing an axe. Mm-hmm. It could be screaming into a pillow like we see all the time in the movies. Right, right. I would caution against someone wanting to go on a trail to scream because that can be very traumatizing to others. You know, that loud pitched scream. Yeah. Triggers us into action for a reason. True. Very true. So while it might be beneficial for us, it is not beneficial for the people or the wildlife around us. True. Very true. And we need to make sure we're being good neighbors. Yes, of course. So it might be screaming into the pillow. It Mm. might be hitting the pillow, hitting the punching bag. And then we need to make sure that our patient or our client can come back down to center. Yes. I like that you're expanding it to... You know, it the the scream, the growling, but beyond that, if you're needing like a rage room to go and actually break things, it's it's what it sounds like to me. It's it's about the outlet for the frustration, for the pent up, bottled up emotions. Yeah, and being able to let that out in a safe way, and that's the key. What we don't want to do is create shame and guilt around feeling, Mm -hmm. because we Mm -hmm. feel angry for a reason. It is an acceptable, understandable, appropriate emotion that many of us aren't taught how to let out correctly. Mm -hmm. And having that release, bringing us down from the boiling point 
and then learning skills. That can be incredibly beneficial for a lot of people. Yes. Yes. Can you, you've already shared some of the benefits of it. Can you give us a few more benefits of this type of tool or strategy to use? I think some of the benefits is normalizing mm-hmm. what we're experiencing. You know, it's okay to be frustrated and feel like we need to scream. It is okay to feel frustrated and feel that energy. We have to learn how to let it out appropriately and in a safe way. And that ritualistic raging can help us do that without shaming us for feeling that way. We scream and let out noises for many different reasons. Some of us might let out that kind of guttural scream, that high-pitched kind of noise when we're crying. Mm-hmm. We can let it out when we're happy. Right, you know, right. Think, think those people are like, <laughs> when they're <laughs> happy, like, squeal. that's a scream. Yeah, yeah. It's activating our uh, vocal box in the same way. Right, right. We scream when we need to get amped up. We mm-hmm. have that growl. We listen to music that gets us amped up. And, you know, if we're fans of metal music, it's all built in. There's so much stigma around that. But I think normalizing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're human. Yeah. We, yeah. We evolved to this point for a reason with these traits for a reason. I don't know. We've already talked about my leanings toward anthropological psychology. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this fits in very nicely for that. What about potential risks? Now, we talked before about maybe avoiding doing that high pitch scream or screech or shriek, but other risks potentially? So, of course, you know, there's there's that damage here that can happen. Yeah. People who sing in metal bands have vocal coaches. They learn how to do that. They know how to hydrate. Mm. They practice. They stretch the vocal cords. So... I by no means am saying that you now belong in a monomarth and can go to a stream like that. We need to come back. We're not to that point yet. And it can also, you know, have contraindications for people who actually need anger management, who have maybe been through anger management before. You know, this might inadvertently bring up some unhealthy behaviors. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we need to be aware of in our clientele. It can also trigger others. You know, if you let it out, not ritualistically, but let it out from a point of anger, Mm -hmm. you are risking damaging those around you, belongings around you and yourself. Right. Right. So we need to really emphasize the ritualistic part of this. Safe, contained, planned out. Great way to put it. You sound like you are a fan of metal. Maybe a little bit. A little bit. Right. So is that probably a good outlet for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. As soon as this topic was brought up, I was like, (laughs) I got this. I got this. Great. Cool. Any other tips you'd like to share? I would just like to share that, you know, to reiterate, this isn't an evidence-based modality. It is anecdotal. Mm-hmm. It is unique to the individual and what their needs, what their history, what they are bringing to the table. It is dependent upon that. Mm-hmm. 
this wouldn't be something to apply across practice or to rely on solely as your therapy practice. It is a tool in the short term to get someone closer to center Mm. to do the rest of the mental work. I love how you phrase that. That That's really great, Angel. Just kind of moving more to center to kind of, it's an outlet, it's a tool, but it's just taking you to the other additional mental health work you might need to be doing as well. So I loved how you phrased that. Yeah. It is an outlet, an outlet. not the end. Yes, yes, yes. Great way to put it. So on that note, I want to thank you again for sharing your knowledge and your insights on ritualistic raging. And who knows, maybe we've inspired a few of our listeners to kind of get out there and let it out, have that good, intense outlet for it. Listen to that good metal song and growl on the way home. Yes, yes, for sure. Thank you again, Angel.